Welcome to the Dog Liaison Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. On this podcast, we focus on giving guardians of anxious dogs a home. If your dog has reactivity, aggression, separation anxiety, or generalized anxiety, then this podcast is what you have been looking for. We are going to go deep into understanding your dog's anxiety-related disorders. We're also going deep into what it is like to be the guardian of an anxious dog so that you have a sanctuary and a guide to help you to be able to sustain your dog's recovery. I'm a professional dog trainer. At this point, I work exclusively with dogs facing anxiety-related disorders, and I really understand on a deep level how to support you and your anxious dog. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, and thank you all for joining in. This is going to be a really good episode. It was a top requested, especially from some of my more long-term followers. This is a conversation that comes up when you're further into the recovery journey. You start to notice that some of the family might have differing opinions, or you're not all on the same page about what that training should actually look like. So I really want to do a deep dive in how we get the whole family on board. How do we get everybody on the same page of what our dog's recovery journey should actually look like, um, how much they need to fully understand, what their roles are, because I really think that one of, one of the major themes about this episode is that I wanna deep dive into making sure that everyone, the entire family, knows what their role is in your dog's recovery journey. Like they have an assignment and they're executing it. That's how we really want to think about this. So I think this episode is going to be good if you are like the central hub, like, you know, you're doing the majority of the research for your dog's training. Maybe you're doing the majority of the work even, and you are feeling the burden of your family. But this is also going to be a really good episode for you to have your family members listen to, to have your family members really have an appreciation so that it's, think of this episode as the neutral ground so that everyone can listen to it, think critically and come to a decision for yourself. That's how I want this episode to operate. So of course, I want to first give the disclaimer that I'm not a human therapist, (laughs) While I have studied human psychology, my understanding is superficial when in comparison to professional licensed therapists. And I would say that if you're in therapy or if anyone in your family, if your family is going to therapy as a unit, I think this is a really good discussion to bring to the table um, with your therapist. And, And especially because they can make it more nuanced. They can make it more specific to what is true for your family dynamics and the relationships and the personalities within it. I want to give that disclaimer because I feel like I am going coming from a place of working with a lot of clients. I am coming from a place of working with a lot of families that have experienced this. And one of the things that I have found is that the most successful guardians are the ones who have really taken the time to have deep conversations with their family units about what their roles are, about the expectations and the relationships and the parameters and the boundaries within those relationships, the most successful guardians are the ones who have taken the time to have this conversation. So think of this uh, as more of a prompt, as a way to get the conversation started within your family, okay? 
I think that the first thing I want you guys to establish is that there's a major difference, a major difference in the roles, in the dynamic, in the importance of an opinion, depending on whether or not the person is living in the home with you and your dog or they're not. It's just is what it is. If they are not residing in the home and seeing you daily and living with your dog daily and encountering the triggers daily with you, then their role in your dog's recovery journey, their opinions, their education is not to the same standard and the same importance, quite frankly, as if they did live in the house with you. And everyone needs to accept that. I don't think that's that's much of an argument. I don't think that that is like a very uh, challenging thing for everyone to accept. I think we can all accept that if a person is living in the home with the dog, their role and their perspective is very different than someone who's not living in the house, okay? I also think that we need to, you know, we need to consider before we worry too much about what their opinion is, we need to consider what is their role? How much of a role, how much of a participation are they going to be taking in the dog's recovery? I'm not saying never worry about their opinion. I'm going to get to that. But I think that sometimes we lead with what is the opinion. We listen to what our dad's opinion is. We listen to what our brother's opinion is. We listen to what our partner's opinion is, what our mother and our uncle and our cousin and our dude down the street. We listen to what their opinion is before we take into consideration how active are they even going to be in my dog's life? How active are they even going to be in my dog's recovery? Because I think a lot of times we consume opinions and then go, oh, crap, I guess I didn't really need his opinion. He's not really an opinion I need to turn to. The perfect example is my parents. We can get into a mini story time with Jenna. I love my parents very much. They don't quite get this whole like positive reinforcement science backed thing that I've got going on in my business. I don't quite get it. Okay. And, and very often they do things with their dogs that cause me stress, but we have all basically agreed just to not talk about it. I'm not living with them and their dogs. They have not consulted my opinion. And I have just agreed on not to give it. Similarly, they are not living with my dog. I am definitely not consulting their opinion. They have no role in my dog's enrichment. And we just leave it at that. We've just all agreed. That is our role is to just not touch any toes. We can like be on different pages. It's just not a topic we need to discuss. So when you're thinking about worrying about what, what is their role before you consider their opinion, you want to ask yourself, are they going to be a primary dog walker? someone who's going to be taking the dog out around those triggers. Are they going to also experience the stress of your dog's triggers? That's number one. 
Or is this someone whose primary goal is to worry about enrichment? Maybe it's not so much that they're worrying about the reactivity and the triggers and going out in the world, but it's instead that their job is like, I want you to feed the dog. <laughs> I want you to make sure that you're playing this music during the day to drown out some noise. And I want you to make sure that, you know, my dog gets to play fetch every afternoon. If that's what he really loves, that's your job. It's enrichment primarily. Okay. Or maybe they're going to take an even more active role. Maybe they're also going to be attending the coaching calls in your coaching program. Maybe they're also going to be really learning the method. You can worry about what method that would be later. I'm not, again, we're going to get back to that later. But assuming everyone's on the same page and you did decide to join a coaching program, are they actually going to be attending the coaching calls? Are they actually going to be learning the curriculum and implementing the curriculum? Are they going to actually be asking their, their coach questions? Because that's a far more active role. Establish that first. Then you can worry about, okay, now let's get on to what is your opinion and can we all get on the same page about it? This episode is brought to you by my signature coaching program, the Recovering Rover Program for Anxious Dogs. One dog, one million phobias. Reactivity, noise sensitivity, separation anxiety, generalized anxiety, and the list goes on and on. If your dog has multiple anxiety-related disorders, then you know the awful stress of feeling trapped in your own home. Having a dog with anxiety does not mean sacrificing your own mental health. The RRP is the most comprehensive program that coaches guardians on how to treat their dog's anxiety. This is a six-month group coaching program dedicated to making you an expert and desensitizing your dog's triggers and making your dog feel more calm and comfortable in the world. For all the info on the Recovering Rover program and to see whether you and your dog are a good fit, go to getacalmdog.com backslash RRP to learn more. And now back to the episode. Once they know their active role, once they know my assignment is to just be a cheerleader on the sidelines, and say, I wish you well, or they decide their job is to play fetch and feed the dog every night, or they decide that they're actually, their job is to merely worry about reactivity that happens on the walks in the evenings. Cause I had, a, I worked with a client a while ago. They lived in like an apartment or condo or complex or whatever. And so they had to take their dog out at night and the, the female in the relationship didn't feel comfortable going out at night with her dog. So the male did. Right. And so the agreement was he only had to worry about taking their dog out at night, whether that was like 8 30, 9 30, 10 o'clock at night or whatever. And what triggers what occurred in that context. That was his only job. And he only needed to know the information that was going to be able to accomplish that job. Okay, so we establish what that role is. Now we can establish how important is their opinion? Because my God, I tell you, if their job is to be a cheerleader on the sidelines, their opinion means diddly freaking squat, quite frankly. If their role is merely, they don't even live in the house. They don't even like really know 
all of your dog's phobias. They don't really even know the ins and outs of what it is that you've got going on at home. Their job is to love you and support you. Not question what it is you've done your research on and are implementing. And if you if if you're listening to this right now and you're like that's my job, I'm the cheerleader. What you have to understand is that they need you. Like that's let's not underestimate the significance of that role. One of the things I talk about consistently is that if you're if you're working with an anxious dog, you got to have a team. You got to have a support system. It can't just be you, your dog and your coach. You need to have people who are willing to let you vent, who are willing to let you cry and just say, crap, this sucks in my life right now. I'm not looking for you to give me feedback. I'm not looking for you to share your opinion. I just want you to listen to me. And that role as a cheerleader is very important. Do not underestimate it. If you right now are listening to this and like, yeah. I'm just, I, I'm just the neighborhood support system. Take it seriously. Love that your person, love your person for loving their dog so much. They don't need you to interrogate them. They don't need your criticism. They're under enough pressure. Now, if you do value their opinion, because you're like, well, they're going to have a more active role. They're living in the house, let's say, Right. And they need to be able to feed the dog. So they maybe are not taking as much of an active role as I am, but they're in the house. They're playing a role. And you want to take into consider their opinion. I think that's fine. That's totally fine. But something that we need to establish before we listen to that opinion is how informed is the opinion. Is the opinion based off of bad information, which is to say they've done research, they've consumed information, but it's misinformed research. It's misinformed information. Is it based off of absolutely no data whatsoever? They've done no digging into the, they just like, I heard once that dogs are live in a pack. You know, I I saw that on a billboard once. (laughs) Like if, if that's them, then we need to inform their opinion before we actually consume it. If they have done research and they've like, you know, my partner told me about this chick named Jenna on Instagram and YouTube. And I watched a couple of videos and I was like, hmm. but they haven't really gone down the rabbit hole like you have. Right. Their opinion is, is a little bit more credible for sure. And I'm not saying discount that, but if you know that your opinion is formed off of superficial information, it's not like you haven't gone deep down the rabbit hole, but you know that your partner has that your sister, that your neighbor, that your brother, that your son, that your whatever has done that. Ask yourself, is my opinion as credible? Consider that. Now, here's the most important step. Once we have established what each person's role is, 
how valuable their opinion is, how much research they've done. The next most important step is for you to sit down and write it before you give anybody any money for a coaching program. Write it down, put it on the kitchen refrigerator, put it in the laundry room, put it somewhere where it is abundantly clear. My son's job is to make sure that he sends me a message on his way home so that I know I can unlock the door and make sure my dog is downstairs before he walks through that door. My husband's job is that on Sunday nights, when I need to decompress and look at my data and just turn off my brain for a second, my husband's job is to make sure that my dog is fed, watered, enriched, and and happy. My partner's job is to make sure that my dog gets to go out, you know, at 10 o'clock at night in the dark. We are writing it down. Everybody is very, very clear on what their job and their task is. There's no ambiguity. And it's very important that we have these discussions before you join any coaching program, because I can guarantee you, you will get far more out of your coaching program if everybody is on the same page before you join than if you try to figure out halfway through. I can guarantee you that. And this doesn't have to be a long drawn out thing. It's not something that you guys have to figure out for a month where you're like, we do it for a month and, and we, it's a month long conversation. It doesn't have to be that. It could be a one night conversation. Everybody's on the same page. We write it down. It's solid. And then maybe let's say you, you and your dog are going on this routine. You have been the primary trainer handler for your dog. You've been doing primary the work. You've been doing the data reflection. You've just been giving, you know, the key pieces of information to each of the people who have their roles. You're giving them direct information on what they need in order to execute their role, right? And you've been doing that for a month, six weeks, eight weeks. And one person goes, you know, I really think I can take on this XYZ role as well. You know, I would really like to understand more about this as well. Then you guys can reevaluate. You can get cool. Why don't you watch this lesson in the curriculum? Why don't you attend this coaching call? Why don't you ask our coach this question? Why don't you go watch that YouTube video? It's not that it's like you're not writing everything in stone and there can be no evolution over time. It's just that the evolution is mindful. There's intent. It's not like you woke up one day and your you know, partner is all of a sudden decided that he's going to start taking the dog outside on walks with a prong collar without ever consulting you. And you're like, uh, that wasn't part of the agreement. I'm like we have mindfulness. We have intention with this. We have discussions about this. And this kind of goes back to one of the themes of this week, quite frankly, in a lot of my episodes, I've been talking about, we're not just establishing life skills for you and your dog. We're establishing life skills for you as a human being and the relationships you want to have in the world. And all of the principles that I've covered here is ways to have healthy relationship dynamics within your home and even with people outside the home. So we're setting up healthy boundaries and that's okay.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dog Liaison Podcast. Support for this episode came from the Recovering Rover Program. Go to getacomdog.com to learn how you can treat your dog's anxiety. And you can support this podcast by leaving a review and sharing. I appreciate your continued support, and I'll see you in the next episode.